Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in to episode 50 of the Corner Booth Podcast. Yeah, we've been here for 50 episodes. I'm surprised, too. Uh, here for his 30th episode appearance is Mr. Mark Riley. And for Kevin, I swear to God, you filled in on so many or guest hosted on a lot or like been an analyst. So we'll just give you an even 25 there. Kevin Langley's here as well. I've, of course, had perfect attendance. So me and Kevin, of course, were on vacation last week. We're back for episode 50 on today's show. We got USA basketball and how it's really kind of embarrassing. Letter Kenny reference there for you know, as you watch the show. Uh, football is back. We've got running back holdouts. The NFL Hall of Fame was this weekend. My boy Ed Reed is finally in. Kevin's got some weird stuff in sports, and we have our AFC football preview through headlines. Let's get rock and rolling. Kevin, USA Basketball. Their roster looks like if you fell asleep during your 2K draft. What do you got? It's so bad. I know they have Popovich as a coach, and he can turn water into wine, but nice players one. who have dropped out right now are James Harden, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, CJ McCollum. This is a long list, by the way. Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, Eric Gordon, Paul Millsap, Andre Drummond, and Zion. And then they added DeMar DeRozan to replace one of them, and then DeMar DeRozan also dropped out. And it's just a disaster, and I know it's FIBA, just the FIBA World Cup and not the Olympics, but this is still important as it helps dictate the Olympic um, standings and qualifications. So, curious what you, you guys get, thought. Like about. Zach Levine or any of these guys, like seriously? Yeah, I mean Zach Levine fits in right with the roster they have right now. I mean, it wouldn't be like I don't think he's much of an upgrade from what they have. I mean, true, but uh, he's basically a better Marcus Smart scoring wise. Which I actually have more. Uh, I wouldn't say love for Marcus Smart, but when he was on the jump, he actually said some nice words about Kyrie and just like he just sounded like more of a respectable human being than the nutcase he is out in the court. But my one buddy said that you got to look at him as like you would hate to play against him but love him on your team, which has probably been said many times well, before. You got to also remember about how when he was at Oklahoma State, how much of a nutcase he was in the court. That he just, oh, I remember. I watched he, him spit on a West Virginia basketball fan. Yeah, didn't he punch out a fan too or try to before he got separated? Yeah, yeah, he – he was crazy, man. I saw him right – we used to be right on the court, and he was he was nuts. He was shush-hush. He would talk so much shit. It was – he was he, was, he, he did not care. He tries to be the basketball version of Brian Dawkins. is just not successful at it. Side note, I love Marcus Smart with a burning passion. Of course you do. You're both short, and you're both really fiery. And happen to be Boston fans. Exactly. But, yeah, no, it, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, that – I mean, I get why players aren't playing, but you could at least get a couple. Like, I, I'm like, I know the list is really long, but like, maybe like the USA basketball needs to like maybe like have a little incentive. I mean, guys are like guys. I get why like, but guys on teams who didn't make the playoffs really have no excuse. 
Like, I think if it was a couple of the top guys, if it just said, like, oh, LeBron, KD, they said they didn't want to play. But it's the length of the list. But also some of the guys who dropped out are kind aren't great players. They're, like, mid-level players right now. Kevin Love, Eric Gordon, Paul Millsap, Tobias um, Harris, currently, if you want to throw him in that. This is that pro-player BS that, like, their age is like, you're too valuable. You're too good to play. Look at all the stars are playing. You're going to look at a replacement. I think it was kind of, at the end... It almost turned into like a um, kind of a I don't know, like almost like a chain effect. You had like more more big guys, big names dropping out. But yeah. Kev, well, shout out to your Celtics. Your big, your like your three or four best players are playing. Four of our players are playing. I so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because if they end up not playing well, that means that the Celtics are the reason for the downfall of the USA I, basketball. I think it's still a good obviously thing downfall there, but yeah. Uh, Marcus Smart said that Tatum, Brown, and him all went out to dinner with Kemba, and like it's building team chemistry, which is something they need right now after Kyrie kind of split the locker room. Like a lot of guys didn't like playing with him. Marcus Smart was one of the few who did. So I think building more chemistry with Kemba as the season comes closer will be a good thing for the team, even if they underperform. I, I mean, also think that we have so like guys like Tatum. And, you know, in Kemba, and it's not a bad roster. It's just a lot of B players. Like, the, a lot of, like, number two and three guys. But still, our, our two and threes in the United States will beat 90% of the teams in this world. Oh, a two or three, uh, like, in the NBA would probably be one of the best players on most of the international teams, except, like, maybe Spain or the Congo but even now, I mean, Senegal really only has one. Like, you know, like you have a couple of teams in Africa of like one or two good players. What I mean, is Giannis and his brothers all playing for Greece? I doubt it. Yeah. I, I doubt Giannis is. I saw a picture of Giannis in the Greek uniform for FIBA, so I don't know. Like, I mean, if he is, then who knows? But like, I feel like most of the guys Kevin named also just got their massive contracts, and they're like, well, why would I? I mean, it's either you could have the mindset of like, why would I even go play and hurt myself but then it's like you already just made like cj mccombs just got signed for 100 million in like what was it three or four years in the contract yeah. so i mean it's just, just kind of like the uh bowl games for college football guys are like well it really doesn't mean anything they're probably gonna win with whoever they get there anyway so i don't, know. Yeah, I, don't I, mean, I don't hate it i don't really like it's it's fiba yeah, like, you argued about the bowl games when that like whole issue came up, but I kind of see I see why players are dropping out, but I feel like there's a lot of guys who are like like second tier superstars who are like, man, I want to get my brand like because for FIBA, I mean yeah, it's it's the world basketball, but you are expanding your world brand. Where is it this year anyway? China. Oh my God, that's like the biggest market. Period. Like why doesn't people take advantage of that? To me, honestly. Right. Also, Giannis. Is playing for Greece. I just checked. Yeah, all th- all of his brothers are too. They should change the team name to Antikyompos. Yeah, and there's like I'll one. Try that again. It's like one. Antikyompos. Actually, I've never even heard him say it, so we don't know who actually says it right. It's Antikyompo. Thank yeah. you. That's exactly what I said. No, it's like, like you said Antikyompo or something. You just said it wrong again. I say Kiampo, you say Kiampo, we all do, you know. Uh, <laughs> Mark pronounced it Kiampo, Kiampo, it's the same thing. 
Just get rid of some letters. Just Ante. All right. There's things I have to be wrong in life, and it's pronouncing his last name. No, you can't do it. All right. Next up, we have we're gonna do actually we're gonna save the AFC preview for last, but we got NFL talk anyway. We have Zeke and Melvin Gordon are both holding out right now. Two of my arguably top five, six, seven running backs in the league. That list kind of shifts regardless. It's kind of how you look at it. Gordon's requested a trade. Zeke's in Cabo. Personally, I mean, I would love to see Melvin Gordon go back to the Bolts. I hate that he's demanding a trade because I love that roster with him. But I, I get it why he wants to deal. The dude's had injury concerns, and he he had a great season. He wants to get locked up now. Um, That's exactly why he shouldn't get locked up now. I don't not know. actually locked up. Like, he should not be getting paid. Chargers are completely right for what they're doing. Oh, no, no, they no, offered no, no, him $10 no, no. million I, I dollars a year. I, but the thing is, like... I kind of could see like a team like Detroit just shag, it's just like snagging him for a one year and just trying to see if they can make it work or something that's just, or like Kansas City grabbing him, like some team that's missing a running back. I don't, I but he's not going to play still unless he automatically, he's not play, walking on the field until he has the max contract that he wants. Also, you have to think what teams would be stupid enough to throw him a max contract, a literally a huge running back contract right off the bat if they got the trade? I mean, Minnesota might. They like just throwing money at guys. Just look uh, at Kirk They Cousins. have Dalvin, though. Yeah, they have Dalvin, and they also have uh, – they also grabbed another power back in the offseason. I can't remember his name. My, no, I think they drafted one, actually. But um, but it's just like, dude, Melvin Gordon, I get you had a really good year. I was very happy in fantasy. Everything was great. But, like, he has – he got her banged up at the end of last year, too. The prop I, – I, I see – you know what? This Todd Gurley prop- has ruined it for him. Yeah, because he he is he is oh he's like a poor man's Todd Gurley, but not like you know like a, a B plus version. He's an A minus version to Todd Gurley's A plus. Like he's the ninety four to Todd Gurley's ninety seven. It's it's there's not much of a difference. It's just Gurley's a little more explosive. Gurley's a little better catching the ball out of the backfield. Gurley's a little more uh, elusive. But they're both injury prone, so they both have a lot of tread in the tires. It's just a position that's not really. Worth the max. So I mean, both of them, Mark, you, me, and Kevin are all college football guys. We know this. They both got the crap ground out of their bodies when they were playing in the league because they're getting they were playing in college because they were getting like two hundred carries a season. Yeah. So I mean, I get I get both sides. I would I would love to see Gordon go someplace and have a good season if the Chargers don't take him. If the Chargers do get rid of him though, like I I am completely off the Chargers bandwagon. What? I don't trust them after – I mean, I don't like – What do you mean? You know, they, Justin Jackson proved at the end of last year that he was viable back with Austin Eckler. I mean, that's a one-two punch. Yeah, they're not going to have a Melvin Gordon, but they're not going to get bullied. Nine, they're, they're dropping out of my out of my picks from like 11 and 5 to 9 and 7 if they lose. They're goal. not going to get bullied by he's Melvin two, Gordon. He's at least two wins for them. I think it depends on what they get in the trade. But also I think – I've been very critical of Melvin Gordon for this. I don't agree with it. I agree with what he's doing more than I agree with what Zeke's doing. Melvin Gordon, this is the last year of his contract, and he wants to get it done before the season uh, starts in case he gets hurt. Zeke yeah. has two years left. Zeke, Zeke's just like, oh, I want to get paid. Because the man is so important to that team, though. Oh, you know what the oh. worst part is? Everyone's trying to front like Dak is the most important roster. I'm like, no. Jerry you Jones take, is, too. You take Zeke out of that lineup, Dak goes 8-8 eight and eight every year. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's my problem. Like Jerry I've said Jones. a million times, the way to beat the Cowboys, you pack the box. You keep Cooper bracketed, and they have nothing. 
because Dak can't throw the ball past 35 yards. Yeah, but also Jerry Jones is very happy with 8-8, eight and eight, so don't knock Dak. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the problem is that Jerry Jones could come out and say, like, you don't need a rushing leader to win a Super Bowl, even though everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, Emmitt Smith. Yeah, but that was a different time. The, the game was different. But you can't build a team around Zeke. And then when he wants to get the money for the team you built around him, you'd be like, we don't need you anymore. Like, yeah, you do. Like, your team is – I mean, I guess they did go, what, 3-3 three and three when he was suspended for six games, whatever, last year. But it's just – it's it, – I don't it's know. It's not like, a great look. It I just think sucks because he, Zeke's doing it a year early. But I think maybe he's like, well, shit, I don't want to be holding out for I – don't, I don't know what his mindset is. He's in Cabo like an asshole, though. Oh, but, it's, it's Zeke being Zeke. Like, there's no, like, knocking about it. Like, this is what we should expect. Uh, so, that about – all right, next up. We're staying with football here. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame game was Thursday, so finally football's back. Um, yeah. All right, Mark, get off of it. And um, this season's beast. Hall of Fame inductions. There was no like you know Ray Lewis and Brian Dawkins crazy emotional speeches or Randy Moss being Randy Moss, but this was a good class as well. My favorite Miami Hurricane of all time, Ed Reed, got inducted. Tony Gonzalez, Kevin Mawai, Ty Law, who, if people don't remember, literally was like a lockdown corner for like the early 2000s. The whole AFC East. Yeah, basically he took he literally took To out of the out of half of that that Super Bowl in like To still like probably arguably the second or third greatest receiver of all time was the only kind of guy who could even like match him. Like I watched that Super Bowl, Ty Law like practically them and locked up for half the game. But on top of that, you also have Kevin, like you also have um, some guy from the Chiefs whose name escapes me right now. You had the Broncos owner Pat Bolin, uh, Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey, wow, literally probably one of the greatest lockdown corners of our childhood, ever, or possibly ever. Like maybe like if you put maybe Deion Sanders ahead of him, I don't know. Can you think of any other corners you put ahead of Champ Bailey? Uh, I mean. No, I mean Daryl Revis is, was uh like Revis Island was a real thing. Yeah, Revis Island was a real thing. I, I mean, you could even put Asante Samuel up there. Mm, Asante Samuel was more of like a slot corner though. No, nah, he was always outside. He only played slot in his last year in Atlanta. Um, that's why he wanted out of Philadelphia because they put down DRC outside and they made him move into the slot. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But um, yeah, no, like he's already one of the top five greatest corners of all time. Ed Reed, probably the greatest or second greatest safety of all time, regardless of where you want to situate him, Ronnie Lott and Dawkins. Uh, I mean, it's just, it was a good class, another solid class. And come on, Tony Gonzalez, arguably the greatest tight end of all time, if not second or third. So, Guy Rebels well, I was listening, position. I, I was just say, I was, he, it's a shame. I was listening to, uh, part of my take today and they were talking about how Tony Gonzalez got screwed. Like if he was in this day and age of football, he would be even better than Gr- like Gronk oh. walked in right at the end of Tony Gonzalez's career. And Tony Gonzalez would be absolutely dominant at this. Oh no, Tony Gonzalez would break the game. He, Tony Gonzalez had Zach Ertz size with like Travis Kelsey speed. Like, yeah. he had all of Zach Ertz's fundamentals, hands, boxing out, route running ability with Travis Kelsey's athletic, athleticism or George Kittle's athleticism. Like, literally, so he, was a, he would be a broken player. 
I think Tony also- Gonzalez is also the kind of player you can drop him in any decade really in football and he can do fine. He'd do fine. Also stayed healthy. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Like today you have tight end, you have like Gronk who be- like we'll talk about now Gronk's retired, blah blah blah, and you know like you saw the pictures of him looking just soup, like looking like. I don't know, he's just looking skinny as hell. He still looks cut, but, like, he just... He looks like a wide receiver right now. He doesn't look like a tight end anymore. I mean, him and Camille are living their best life, so I don't really think, like, he cares anymore, but... Until, like, week 10, when the Pats need a tight end. And, and he's been, like, up. just straight lift... You see on Camille's, like, Instagram story, he's been, like, straight lifting for, like, eight weeks and is, like, the size of a monster again. I think he's gonna start working out, like, week four or something to be ready for when they call. Yeah, I mean, because what, they call, they cut Austin Severi and Jenkins already? I mean, but anyway, yeah, Tony Gonzalez, everyone's like, oh, Antonio Gates. I'm like, no. Honestly, if you really give me any tight end from any decade, I'm probably taking Gonzalez as the greatest tight end of all time. Just because he did everything better. He did, or at least good enough to be considered. Blocking was solid, if not great. Receiving, route running, speed, hands, Team chemistry, like durability, he did everything right as a tight end, and he put up the ridiculous numbers he did. And he didn't have the best quarterbacks either. No. Who was his best quarterback? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, really? I think so. Yeah, in the end of his career, he put up ridiculous numbers with a halfway decent quarterback. And that was Matt Ryan, like early in his career when he was good but not great. And he had what Trent Green, who was the case, who was the case Keenum Alex Smith of the two thousands. He had some bad quarterbacks when he was on the Chiefs. I was going to say, I couldn't even name half of them. I know Trent Green. I think he had um, somebody else, too. That I, I, I swear to God, I, I can think of the name. I, I almost want to say, like, Uncle Rico right now, Mark. But um, just as a joke. But, like, yeah, seriously, like, that just shows the production that this guy had. He was just unstoppable. Like, like we can talk all we want about Antonio Gates, but Gates had Breeze and then Phillip Rivers for his career. Like, you really want to talk about quarterbacks? Like, it's not even fair. And Gonzalez put up just as good a numbers, if not, like, if not close to it. So, to me, I think Gonzalez may be one of the, maybe the greatest tight end of all time. Maybe Kevin Winslow Sr. Throw Gronk in there, maybe a three or four. Kevin, don't hate me for that. And then, uh, yeah, no, it was a great class. And, I mean, I could just gush on him. My favorite Miami Hurricane of all time, Ed Reed, but... And how he literally, his, his, the greatest uh, coverage safety ever. Yeah, literally, like, just change the position. He literally could just, you, like, were, he could just sit back there, and if you, like, sailed a pass over the middle, he could house it. And he, like, played physical. He, like, changed the position of safety. Because, yeah, you had the guys like Dawkins who were, like, who could play center field more of the hammer position guys who were more, like, being the enforcer. Every could hit. But really, his best thing was just turning the ball over. He changed the game for guys like Tyron Matthew and uh, Malcolm Jenkins and like in um, Errol Thomas, Eric Berry, guys who could play like in the box and out of the box, but also just make crazy turnovers and change games. My best memory of Ed Reed, and it was also a sad one, Mark, you know this one moment, is when Kevin Cobb had a wide-open receiver in the end zone and decided to throw it right at Ed Reed, and he brought back 109 yards for touchdown against the Eagles. But that just showed me the greatness of what Ed Reed was. And even in Madden, he was broken. I think it was Madden 08. I picked off my buddy Connor, who had Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think I picked him off five times with Ed Reed, just Ed Reed himself. So, 
Yeah, I, I it's just the guy was a just a he's a generate probably arguably the greatest safety of all time. But moving on, we got to talk about is the the what's it called the little statue the the bust maybe the greatest called? bust of all time and the dude walks and out with a cube in his something. mouth. I love yeah. it. Like if I was if like if I was a pro athlete and like a pro football player and that was my Hall of Fame induction, I would have the glasses. Probably not the fedora. I, I'm not really a guy who could pull off hats. But he looks good though. You, that's you, you mean fedoras because you wear a hat often. Yeah, I'm talking about like you know hats, hats like you know like fedoras. formal hats, formal hats. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Kevin. We are now a fashion podcast. In case anyone was curious. <laughs> yeah, fashion exactly. Friendly. But the dude just looks like a boss, and he has maybe the best bust of all time. Thank God they made it look good, too, because there's – not the NFL fans much, but some of those statues of players, they just mess up their face. Cristiano the, Ronaldo, greatest one of it, all time. The, the fact so that the bad. NFL Hall of Fame was able to pull that off and make it look good with the hair and everything. Like, I know it's Ed Reed, and, like, it's really cool, but let's give the NFL some props. I don't like doing that often, but they did a good job. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I mean – it's it. It's just you know what like they were talking about like today. I think I saw it on a Laces Out po- Laces Out podcast, and they were like, yeah, you know, like greatest boss ever. I'm like, yeah, honestly, it looks definitely like Ed Reed, and it looks pretty authentic. And I don't know, it was kind of a very low key Hall of Fame after last year it was just like you know with the To thing and Dawkins is like really emotional speech and Ray Lewis doing the squirrel dance and Randy Moss being Randy Moss. This was kind of a nice, calming one, but you had so many good players. Like, we've been kind of lucky the last two classes have just been insane, talent-wise. We didn't even talk about Kevin Y, who may be one of the best interior linemen in the last 30 years. But, all right. Moving on, Kevin, you'll take lead on this one again because, oh, man, it was great being on the – it was great being on the, on, the, uh, on the vineyard when the Red Sox suck. And you know what? I didn't have to hear anybody about the Sox doing this, the Sox doing that. Kevin, why do the Sox suck? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, first off, they whooped up on the Yankees for three games. And then dropped, I think they're at like eight straight now, including a 9-2 loss to the Yankees. They're up one nothing on the Royals right now, but also it's the Royals, so I'm not that excited. It's just everything that worked well last year is not working at all this year. The bullpen's a disaster, although it wasn't great last year. They don't have a closer, and they could have gotten, they could have tried to get one at the deadline or like just a pretty good reliever who they could just put in the ninth inning when they needed them. But Dave Dombrowski's like, no, I think we're in a really good position to do well in this league and kind of keep winning. Really, Dave? Are you kidding me? They're four games above 500 after coming off a World Series win, and if they don't make the playoffs after this run, I wouldn't be surprised. And this is what they do. They win the World Series, then they just suck. It happened in 2013. It's going to happen this year, I feel. And then they're going to blow it up and win another one in two years, maybe. But they can only do that for so long. Give him four. Dombrowski needs more time to recover. He's still hungover. No, he doesn't recover. He doesn't. He did the same thing with the Tigers. He trades away all their young talent, puts together something that can try to win now. He got lucky in Boston and then just jump, jump ship the last minute and just goes, you guys can rebuild. Have fun. I'm gone. Well, I mean, Theo Epstein is the reason why you guys won that last World Series anyway. Yeah, for the most part, I think some of it does go to Dave Dombrowski, uh, the Chris Sale trade, signing JD. 
But yeah, yeah I like, guess JD is a beast, but also a lot of the young pieces were from Theo still. And once they're all gone, we are screwed. It is just insane to me how they looked and were talked about being one of the greatest baseball teams ever last year when they just dominated the whole postseason. And then this year, I mean, I know they're not identical to the team they were last year, but they are just – how do you go from the, the Yankees not making – not winning the division with winning 100 games to barely being five, over well, 500? Mark, remember our buddy Steve Peralt talked about this when he came on the show. It is true. He did when I – he literally said – I'm I'm quoting this verbatim. I'm not, I'm, I'm not quoting this verbatim. Like this is paraphrasing. But he literally talked about how they got hot with their bats and just started bashing the living hell out of teams. And yes, teams and guys figured out Chris Sale. He's not a dominant pitcher right now. That belly button. <laughs> it's just like the Red Sox. Like the Red Sox. Like the Cinderella story. It's oh, it's over for this team. Like the team. The problem was with the Red Sox last year is every team they ran into last year. They would just buzzsaw over. Even probably the most loaded Dodgers team I'd ever seen in my life. And the only time ever in my life I rooted for the Red Sox. Because, God, I want – I hate that – if there's one sports team in this earth I hate more than any, it's the L.A. Dodgers. And the Red Sox delivered for me. And the thing is, also, it just made it – was, it was a better story, the Red Sox. Because, you know, they're this team of, you know – of all these guys, Mookie Betts, what is he, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and he's hitting bombs. He's like a five-tool genius. You've got all these guys that came out of their farm system. Yeah, you have like two big free agents like uh, Martinez and Price and Sale, like all these like three big free agents, but the rest of them are farm guys, and they're still like knocking the crap out of the ball. There's a, great, think, story. There's a great story, but now you're starting to see like, you know, it's kind of like the Royals of a couple years ago, but with Boston, it can reload every four years. Kansas City is going to be dead for another 10. Yeah, I think also you mentioned uh, that the bats kind of came alive last year and really dominated. The pitching was still good enough last year. The Red Sox staff hasn't given up less than four runs in the last 11 games. Yeah. In the last time they did give up less than four runs, they gave up three to the Rays. And then if you go back even further, it's you have to go back to July 18th when they shut out the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then the next day, they gave up 11 runs to the Orioles. Well, um, them's the breaks, Kevin. <laughs> it's just annoying considering how much money we're spending on our starters. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, unfortunately, that's what makes baseball such a great, like, sport. It's that... We uh, it's that we look at how teams are just built. I know we're like, look at the Astros. They sucked from 05 to what, about 2015? Yeah. 10 years, just collecting prospects. And then you're loaded to the teeth. Everyone from Alex Bregman, my boy, to Carlos Correa and Connecticut's own George Springer. Hoskies, what up? And you got all these other guys who are Gurriel and all these other dudes, and they go out and grab a bunch of arms and they're smart about who they grab. Like they grabbed Verlander and Garrett Cole. They let Keiko walk because they knew he was a one-hit wonder. And they go out and get grab Granky because he's not a number one anymore. And I think that's why the Diamondbacks were so easy in his contract were so easy to get rid of him. And like they gave up half the farm system for him. But like you know what? Like that helps up both teams because Houston I still think is my pick to win the World Series this year. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, and I think my Diamondbacks are going to be loaded in about two or three years because they went from having like the 25th ranked farm system because of the trade they made on the deadline went to like eighth, and they're all like one year away guys, which makes me so happy. But uh, anyway, I just you I know, mean also talks, look at Altuve. It's cyclical. It's literally the sport is so cyclical, and this just proves it, Kevin. Yeah, but I still don't like the in-between years when a Boston team's not winning. Oh, get off of it. You've been spoiled for so damn long. Yeah. We're lucky that Kevin's, like, the least spoiled, spoiled. God, if he was as bad as Jackson or my – I think it's because you've been so spoiled with Bama, too, that you're like, I just have it made that there's no reason to boast to anybody because I've just wanted everything. It's also, though, kind of – Bama college basketball, too, or do you actually have it a team? I don't really have a team. I follow Alabama, but, I mean, they suck. Yeah. They had Colin Sexton, but that was it. Yeah. A reason also why I'm not as annoying about it is kind of because of my dad, Stone Cold Steve Langley. What a guy. Stone Cold! He grew up. Like, he had the Bruins and the Celtics in the 70s and 80s, but other than that, he didn't really see a lot of winning from 86 to 2001, and he watched, never saw the Red Sox win a World Series till 2004. Watch the Pats have some horrible teams. Oh, yeah, except for 95 so, in that one fluke year. They were garbage from 85 on. Yeah, and it's he's kind of, like, told made sure my sister and I know that this isn't normal and has told us that from a young age. Your dad is just a great man. Yeah, he is. This is the same man who told you to stop complaining about the job market, come on vacation to the vineyard with me and my cousin. So yeah. Steve Langley is my hero. I'll tell him that after. Stone Cold Steve. Stone Cold Steve Langley. We have we have we had nicknames for all three dads of the people involved in our vacation. My father Marcus the Carcass and uh, Iron Fist Greg. Oh, my dad's poor name is Bowling Ball Joe. So (laughs) 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 he's just a little round ball. I swear. That's great. All right. Uh, Next up on the on the list. We got David Griffin and LeBron James. And Griffin, uh, so essentially I was listening to this whole story on the herd on the way home while I was stuck in traffic for 55 goddamn minutes. I hate highways in Connecticut. That's why I want to leave the state among 35,000 other reasons. But essentially David Griffin, who has been always like, you know, a quote-unquote friend of LeBron, and LeBron always defends him on Twitter. And, you know, this guy honestly had maybe the best offseason of NBA and, and, and – uh, of any GM ever in the last recent memory. He did a lot. He did a lot better than that sentence. Shut up. And <laughs> through he, his own he, doing he, too, he though, literally, it's not like LeBron just walked in. What? Through his own doing too, like he pulled out trade. It's not like LeBron decided, hey, I want to go to New Orleans, kind of like a dig in Cleveland. Yeah, like he literally. Besides Zion falling to his lap, he got Zion and didn't just sit. He actually went out and made like a ton of great moves. And. He was able to turn losing Anthony Davis into getting a ton of great pieces. He was able to get J.J. Redick and a bunch of other, like, veterans. And he turned New Orleans into a dumpster fire into possibly an eighth or seventh seed in the West. Not a bad turnaround in one year. No. So, one offseason. But, of course, he essentially went on uh, and did an interview and said, hey – uh, yeah, everything was really awkward with LeBron. Everything didn't seem very genuine. It was just – it always felt like it was kind of chaotic. And then there were more reports out about Pat Riley was talking, saying, yeah, essentially the second LeBron got his his title in Cleveland, is what David Griffin said as well, 
he was like he didn't really care as much anymore. His competitiveness was gone. That's what he felt like. And this is well, – Mark and Kevin, you might know how much of a LeBron hater I am. I am president of the LeBron is the fourth best player of all time fan club. And – Fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> literally LeBron is not as good as Kobe fan club, which I am the president and CEO and head leader of. I love this to death because this just – LeBron is – and it, it goes along with the fact that he's at his son's AAU game doing warm-ups and ducks. I, I mean, yeah, it's cool occasionally. Like, you know, these kids are like, oh, my God, LeBron's here. But you play with LeBron's kid. You see him every week. It's not like it's a new thing. He does this for the cameras. And, you know, this whole Taco Tuesday thing, like, shut up. All and, right, this isn't LeBron hating. It's David Griffin and his comments. Well, I love this. I love David Griffin. Because you hate LeBron. Exactly. Like, I, 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 you know what, no, you know what's so fucked up is I used to love, sorry for the cuss, I used to love LeBron when he was in Miami. I never put him maybe ahead of Jordan or Kobe, but I put him right there. And then he got to Cleveland, it's just like, it was just like all the magic was gone. And he went to LA and I just, it was just full on just spewing dislike hatred. But, I don't know. Apparently, David Griffin spoke to LeBron, and then members from LeBron's kind of like team, like the people around him, suggested that he clarify what he meant by those comments. And then David Griffin came out and said, oh, it wasn't against LeBron. It was just, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't fun for me because of the expectations put up, put on the team because we had LeBron, yada, yada, yada. I sure, think, sure, sure. I think LeBron has some dirt on him. But I think it's more telling that he said, once we won uh, the finals, I knew I wasn't staying for any amount of money. Yeah, I that's that, that was the one quote, and I was – about to get to that i saw i heard that in the car i'm like wow and it, you know it does kind of make sense a little bit though because you looked at how that team was built that was a one-shot pony the east was just so bad they kept getting back to the finals but the second the east started getting competition lebron bolts west and Kyrie wins i mean Kawhi wins how funny would it have been if they didn't win after going all in on this one team and then they didn't win a finals Oh my god, it'd be even better. My, my I hated the Warriors teams, but I would have loved that. I actually may release sometime this month my argument of why Kobe will never be Kobe will always be better than LeBron. I actually was able to trump a huge LeBron fan's argument. I actually convinced him to even consider the opposite. I was so proud of myself. My buddy Joey Maserati, that's actually his last name. Literally that's his, at least his Instagram tag. He's uh his name is very similar to that. But anyway, he was joking me at the gym once. I literally talked him out of LeBron being better than Kobe after 20 minutes. And I'm not going to go into the argument because literally we could talk about this for an hour. But it's just I LeBron, I think half of his whole demeanor is because he was the chosen one at 16. It's the whole Bryce. It's the same thing with Bryce Harper and all these young phenoms. Like Kobe was just some skinny kid out of Charlotte whose dad played pro ball. He's out of. Well, he went. He grew up near Philly. Skinny but. kid out of Philly who got drafted by Charlotte, got traded to New, uh, L.A., and just starts just absolutely tearing the league apart. And was like, oh, yeah, it's Shaq. I'm like, yeah, but Shaq was dominant but one-dimensional. 
It's kind of look- easy to be dominant while one-dimensional when you're 72 say, you and about be- as heavy as a Mack I, truck, though. Being <laughs> dominant in one-dimensional. But also, people really want to, like, you know, everyone still be like, oh, wait, it's Shaq. I'm like, yes, Shaq was arguably one of the top three greatest big men to ever walk the earth. But I think that negates also how dominant those teams were. But anyway, I digress. I love this quote. It's time for fellas. It's time for the AFC headlines. So you guys know the game. I name a AFC team. I name three a three to five word headline, and then we discuss it. We will of course next Monday do our NFL preview, MVPs, playoff predictions, records. It's gonna be all football, and then of course we will do our college football preview the following week for episode 52. I cannot wait. Oh, Kevin is going to lose his mind because I'm going to drive him crazy. But get your homework ready, fellas. W- fellas, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take uh, you know a little uh, poll here. What do you guys want to start with for divisions for the AFC this week? I don't care. You want to start with the AFC West because I got a couple good I got a couple golden ones. Sure. Send it. All right, Oakland Raiders, hard knocks, baby. The Oakland Raiders are in hard knocks. Antonio Brown shows up in air, air higher balloon. He puts his feet up on Instagram. They are a dumpster fire. They trade away half their offensive line. They get rid of half their good players. They grab all these character guys in the draft. Nothing makes sense. Everything looks like it's on the table. And they could either be the greatest nine and seven dumpster fire I've ever seen, or a complete train wreck at fourteen, at twelve, at four, four and twelve. I am so ecstatic. Ladies, digre- ladies, digress. I don't understand why the Raiders traded for Antonio Brown. I understand they want kind of a big name to put people in the seats, and but they're moving to Vegas in a year. They're clearly rebuilding. There were reports they were trying to trade Derek Carr, and they traded away Khalil Mack. Why are you trading for this guy to keep you competitive? You should be trying to lose games. It makes no sense what John Gruden and Mike Mayock, is that their GM right now? Yeah. It is Mike Mayock. Okay, I knew it was one of the former draft analysis. Analysis. And by yeah. the way, I love that's Mike Mayock, and I think that's why he slayed the draft. Because I think three. I said it when me and Mark did our draft recap show. I said the Raiders' draft picks were great. I love. I'm they going were, back on that. Their first pick was atrocious. In oh, order. I mean, li- listen, like I'm not saying, but I loved Jacobs and I loved Abrams. Farrell, he don- He was a monster during that. Clemson, Alabama game, Kevin. You can't deny that. Oh, no. I'm not saying that, that was a, he's a bad player to have on your team, but drafting him at number four was – I just think, you know, like, it's it's the whole argument of, like, yes, he was a better player in college than, than Josh Allen was out of Buffalo, but Josh Allen's ceiling is 50 times higher than Saline Farrell's is. Yeah, I don't, so I don't get why they took him at four. That's my issue with the pick, not the player itself, himself. He's a very good player. I think they could have waited it and gotten him later in the draft in the first round with they one of their other. They traded back and got another first round out of it. He like, wasn't yeah. even guaranteed in the first round. Well, right no, if they loved him that much though and wanted to wait because they had, I know they took Jacobs at twenty four. They had another pick in between. If they wanted to take him at one of those picks. That's fine if they loved him that much. But at four, there are so many better options. I mean, right. time will tell. He might end up being a house, but. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, next up, we have the Denver Broncos. I oh, I thought you I thought you were just doing a run of all your teams with headlines. No, we are. I oh, guess okay. they might be okay. 
I, I look at the Broncos and I think like, yeah, they Philip Lindsay, one of my favorite running backs in this league. I just love explosive speedbacks. It's always been kind of like my secret love of this game. Uh, Joe Flacco's there. My boy Drew Locke, who I think is still the sleeper of this draft besides Mark's boy Will Greer. Um, they just got Theoretic, if that means anything. What? They just picked up Theoretic, if that means yeah, anything. Yeah, just got Theoretic. My, my boy Rob Natolo's uh, high school teammate. Um, I honestly, I love, I love their move in the off season. I, but just like it's just it, it got them from crap to oh, not terrible. I, they're going to be eight and eight, nine, seven and nine. They're going to be an okay average team. Their defense is still going to keep them in games, but and Lindsey's going to break off some crazy long runs. But I think they still need to upgrade a little bit. They're going to be an average team, middle of the road. That's all I got for that. Mark, I ranted last time. You can go. Um, this is John Elway's last year with the Broncos. I think Joe Flacco is going to throw a lot of picks. Because he's going to throw the ball deep, and the ball is just going to fly a little too high in Denver. And it's either going to be sailed or picked. I don't think they made enough moves. Their defense kind of was exposed a little bit last year. Um, I think that the Denver Broncos, I just don't see them. And and Drew Locke can come in or whatever, but this year they might be the bottom of this division, and the Raiders might actually slide up and take the three seed. I can see the Broncos either going 3-13 and 13 and being awful and Joe Flacco breaks the pitch record, or I can also see them going 11-5 and, and making it to the Shoot. AFC Championship game. Wow. And Joe Flacco's got a great arm still. He can still sling the rock. They have some decent receivers. The run game's solid. Their defense is still uh, A-, minus B plus defense. They can get exposed, but they can keep them in games. And that's what the 2015 championship team was built on, just with a better quarterback. But the defense was better, but the defense's regression is about equal to the improvement that Joe Flacco was over Peyton Manning in his last year. True. I actually will take that point. I like that. If we were playing around the horn, I'd be like hitting the the, the points <laughs> buzzer on Kevin right now. Well, I mean, the only thing is that the problem with that Ravens team when Joe Flacco and they won the Super Bowl, he had one of the craziest quarterback runs in the playoff history, and he just – then he gets paid right after that. Like the chance of him doing that run ever again is clearly shown that it wasn't going to, he just kind of was a fluke. And I mean, he's just, I've like, there's has not been a quarterback that's put up those stats in the longest time. And, oh. oh, sorry. But I, I, I just think he's, I don't think he cares either. I mean, he has something to prove this year and it just still feels like he's just going with the flow and doesn't really give a shit. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was when the Ravens won, but I think he's going to be good enough to keep to win the Browns or not the Browns, the Broncos games and keep them competitive kind of and make up for the lackluster quarterback play to kind of pick up the defense sometimes when they need it. We'll see. Like I said, I don't, I don't see it this year with them. Like I said, they could also go three and 13. Well, There's the problem no- is that he's still, I mean, as much as I think always should be gone because he's not really done it. He, they're not going to now – now he's, like, committed to, oh, well, Drew Locke, they got to give him a chance, right? Like, So, yeah. We can go to the next team, though. All right. Uh, next up, we have the San Diego Chargers. No Gordon, no Who? playoffs. I Who think is it? No Gordon, no playoffs. No, what team no, what's is the it? team? San Diego Chargers. No, it's not. No. L.A. Chargers. Shut up. There he goes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
It's not my fault. You, I can't I say on the cubo. In my headline, all right? Like, I am a big Melvin Gordon fan. I love his game. I still think Phillip Rivers is going to chalk a 1,000 touchdowns. But that team, the jump from when they had Gordon from from before, it's 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 they went from a, a average team, like, barely scraping by 500 to making the playoffs or a wild card every year. We all know who the best team in this division is, but the Chargers were clearly right on their tail, tails with Gordon. If they're able to keep Gordon, we're, this is a completely different take. But for me, no Gordon. Austin Eckler and Josh Johnson or Jacobs or whatever this guy's name is, Mark, you said before, the other running back they have. I love Eckler. I think he's a great number two back for like a, a solid every down kind of running back. He's a good change of pace guy for catching the ball out of the backfield. Scat guy. I love him for that, but that's it. And the thing is, I love Mike Williams. I love Hunter Henry. I love Phil Rivers. That defensive secondary is disgusting, and they have a great pass rush. But without a running game, we saw what happens in the set when they took on <clears throat> Kevin's team uh, and got absolutely smoked out the building. So yeah, maybe nine and seven, ten and six at best. I'm not sold if they don't have Gordon. That he's worth at least almost a win and a half, two wins to me. So got fellas, minute timer. Let's rock. Um, I think it's pretty much agree with you. I think they're going to be the second seed in the West again. They're going to be a wild card team. They can't keep up with that team over in Kansas or Missouri or whichever side of the border they fall on. And that's pretty much it. If they have Gordon, I think that's not going to change much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to. We'll get to them, but I think they're just going to take this division again. Um, Phil Rivers has never. I've never really been sold on him. He's got great stats, but he's never really won the big games. He's always had every season where they lose like a total of like 20 points per season. Like that's the whole thing, and he just. I don't. He can't. Like he. He just doesn't doesn't do it for me with with Melvin. Without Melvin, I don't care. I just. They'll go. They'll get second place. Maybe go 11 and five, 10 and six. I even think 11 and five is pushing it, but 11 and five. They keep Gordon and they resign him, but. Next up, Kansas City, Madden cover boy lights it up. Um, Mahomes is a f- human cheat code. This dude, I saw that pre- that pass through in practice la- earlier last later last week. Unreal. They get Tyreek Hill back. He's not actually out. He only has like a leg, th- a thigh bruise. They need to address the running game. I think Damian Williams is a good, solid, like, placeholder back. But, I mean, Carlos Hyde, eh, not really sold on him either. Uh, Andy Reid is a genius. Travis Kelsey is arguably the one that is is a top three tight end. I think he's right behind Ertz and Kittle. And then you're throwing in, you know, you got along with Haley, you have Connolly and a bunch and that other guy that was drafted out of Georgia. They have explosive speed. You know what you're getting with Kansas City in that offense. They didn't really lose much. The defensive side of the ball worries me, but getting the Honey Badger can kind of cover up a lot of holes you have in your secondary and your back and it's just your back seven period. So I love that. I love this team. I think they're going to win, go about 12 and four. If they can get another defense, if they have like a defensive superstar kind of come out out of nowhere, or you at least get like a great season out of average players, they're going to make a run of the AFC title game to me. So what do you think guys? I can go. Um, yeah, I, it this could be a very like oh wow they were so good last year Mahomes had a slump but I think he's just too good 
I think this team will win the division no matter if it's 11-5, 12-4, 13-3. I don't think they lose more than five games. I haven't really got to look at their schedules, see what kind of games they're going to be dealing with. But regardless, it's going to be a tough division, at least at the top two with the Chargers and uh, the Chiefs. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But they'll lose in the playoffs because poor Andy. Kevin? I think uh, I think they're going to win the division easily, but I think I don't think this this isn't the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. I think their defense is still going to have some of the same issues. I think they're going to feel the loss of Kareem Hunt in the ground game heavily. And if reports are true that they're looking to trade Tyreek Hill still, this team's like that. They have other fast receivers, but I think Tyreek Hill is really the ideal guy you want Pat Mahomes throwing the ball to because he's got a cannon. And Tyreek Hill is the fastest guy in football. I think if they trade him, they're screwed. Fair enough. All right. NFC – oh, no, sorry. AFC South. We're going to start off with the Jags. Um, Foles? Wild card? Question mark? I don't hate the Jaguars roster. I really don't. Uh, their offensive line isn't horrible. They have a great running game with Leonard Fournette who stays healthy, and their receivers aren't terrible either. Uh, I love their defense. And Nick Foles, to me, is a solid B-plus B plus solid B quarterback. He's a mile ahead of Bortles, and I think with that, they can easily sneak out a wild card spot if you have a slip-up by the Chargers, Jets, or... Who? Colts. You got wait. one of those teams right. <laughs> Just wait. I've got some fun takes coming, boys. No, you didn't get. No, the you said the Saints, right. the Chargers, or the Colts. Oh yeah, sorry, I meant the um, Titans, Colts, or Texans. Titan, Colts, Texans, Chargers, Jets. No, whatever. Oh well, you're saying AFC in general. I was like, what is he talking about? Well, the Saints no, are talking about overall AFC, wild card so. teams. Sure. Uh, either way, the the Jags are like, I feel bad for Nick Foles because I want him to do well because I don't want to see him like too shitty at all just because what he did for the city of philadelphia but that's a that division's gonna beat the crap out of each other i mean the titans are not gonna they could easily be at the bottom of the division and it could be mariota's last season uh the texans with watson the colts i think are the favorites like it's just i don't i, I don't see them unless they yeah, nick Foles has why. some magic but i mean yeah I, I don't know i don't think they can pull it off at least this year because they don't have offensive weapons other than Marquise Lee, who's got coming off an ACL injury. And Burnett gets hurt all the time. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. The Jaguars seem to just pull receivers out of their ass every year. So, um, Kevin, what you got? Jaguars also, they fixed the biggest issue they've had for the last four, five years with in their quarterback play. Blake Bortles, I love him to death. Love him as a person. Whoa. He's a horrible quarterback. I would never want him throwing passes on the Patriots, even though I wrote an article about that. But <laughs> I think if Leonard Fournette can stay healthy for enough, I don't. I think it's a long shot he'll stay healthy for a whole season. But if he can be healthy when it matters and their defense is still solid, I think they're going to be a very competitive team. I can see them being a wild card team because I think something's going to go wrong for Houston or Indy. It always does. I think they'll come in second. No, not Houston or Indy. The Titans are Indy. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, Houston's there, so you're good. Yeah. All right. So next up, Houston Texans. 
Division or bust. I yes, their offensive line is bad, um, but their defense is ranked in the top five. They also have the greatest, the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, arguably one of the best number two receivers in the league when healthy, and Will Fuller, probably one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, Deshaun Watson, and a decent running game. If they can somehow figure out a way to negate their crap offensive line. That team's winning that division, and I would put money on it. So that's my that's what I got for it. Kevin? I think they're going to win the division pretty easily. J.J. Watt's health's a concern, as it has been the last couple of seasons. He was, wasn't was too banged up last year, I don't think. But, I mean, they still have Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller last year was solid pro bowler. And even with their offensive line being – subpar at best Deshaun Watson can move and he can get out of the pocket if he can just kind of move enough to not get hit and get injured I think this team's gonna have a cakewalk to the playoffs yeah I think like I said they're not gonna get a free game with uh the Colts going for it on in overtime so they're not gonna get that game this year I think that they're gonna get second place but it's going to be like a bloodbath to decide on who actually wins that division between the Colts and the Texans. Mm. Watson's going to do some crazy things, but he's also going to get banged up. All right. And I know this is going to piss off Mark to no end, but I've been waiting to let this headline loose for a week, uh, for all day. Lux injured again. Surprise, surprise. Um, Andrew Lux got a calf injury that could keep him out the entire preseason. Um, or most of it. And I am about as surprised as I am if a gambling addict gets in trouble at a casino. Uh, I don't think Andrew Luck's an elite quarterback. I would not want him on my roster as a quarterback. If you offered me him, I'd say, What's, what else is out there? I would take Matthew Stafford over him. I've said that repeatedly. Um, I think you legitimately Luck, no stats to back any of this up. He's always injured. One game. Mark. He's also, always, stats are for nerds. Yeah, stats are for nerds. I look at the tape. Look at the wins. What? Over half borderline teams? No, he may. Dude, their team literally goes from 4 and 12 to 11 and 5 when he doesn't throw a football in two years. Who case set out of preseason? He didn't throw a football. Oh, yeah. In two. Look, he actually he played, he played here healthy. I'm not knocking his talent. But the thing yeah, is. You are. You are completely. That's exactly what you're doing. He's not no, I'm not. The fact that he is built like the guy from SpongeBob who's got glass. He's got paper skin and glass bones. That doesn't like, mean he's not Jesus. a leader. Jesus. This guy's hurt every 35 seconds. And honestly, if you could offer me 15 other guys in the league, I'd take their consistency over his injuries. That's the case. You shouldn't like Carson Wentz. But I love Carson Wentz because he's, he's my quarterback. Exactly. But I'm saying it's the exact type of situation. It's just. They're really good. It's just one that they got to stay healthy. They had one good season besides the season they went to the AFC title game when they got smoked by Deflategate. Um, they actually got smoked by giving up 259 yards on the ground. Thank you. That was the other something thing. like that. They, they, that is not true because they went – They uh, what's it called? Went to the playoffs last year, won the first round. year before, he was out, so they, obviously they sucked. Then they beat the Chiefs in that 44-7 to comeback game. It's also the Chiefs with Alex Smith. That's like saying, like, I'm going to take on the uh, Texans with Kevin, a quarterback. Alex Smith went to a Super Bowl. Yes. With No, Callan Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl. Either way, I'm just saying, 
that all right, Alex Smith beat the freaking Saints in the NFC whatever wild card or whatever with a Vernon Davis. Like I don't know what to tell you. That was Jim Harbaugh. Um, basically, I'm sticking pat to it. Mark said his piece. Kevin, finish it up. Basically, any counterpoint we make to Jared, he's just gonna say say some random thing. How it was someone else. I think the Colts are gonna do fine. I think Lux. It's a calf injury. It's described as minor. They're being precautionary. I think once the season starts, if it slightly flares up again, he's going to play through it. He's a big, tough guy. He'll play through. His shoulder was messed up. You don't want to mess up your shoulder as a quarterback. My hatred of Andrew Luck has spawned from how much Mark has a crush on him. He's Dude, a cute his, guy. Don't his play rookie Mark. Year, his, his rookie choices. year, 11 and 5. Second year, 11 and 5. Four, uh, third year, 11 and 5. Hurt two years, 8 and 8. 8 and 8. Uh, out again. Then he comes back from not throwing a ball for two years, 10 and 6. He won't win a Super Bowl. Also, look at the Colts banners. You just said AFC you lost the finalist, 2014. Rivers That's because of luck. He also stays on the field. Matt Stafford um, doesn't want shit. <laughs> and Matt Stafford gets hurt all the time, too, when they begin uh, to All your points are invalid. You have no reason to not like him other than I, the fact that I like him. You also think about this, that I literally have this half of this take just to get you so riled up that you're yelling at me. It's just because it's he yelled just, back. Yeah, it's 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 stupidity. Right. We got to move on because we're already at the 56 minute mark, and I still have to shower before I get on my next podcast. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, Titans. Derrick Henry plus injuries equals 800 equals 500. Any complaints there? No. Mariota, not really a good quarterback. Mike Vrabel trying to make it Patriots south. Derrick Henry's gonna go off. Derrick Henry's going to run for like 2,000 yards, but they're going to be, it's going to be like the Chris Johnson 2,000 year. They're going to be okay at best. Yeah. Mariota's going to get nerve damage and something, and then they're going to go like 8-8, eight and eight, maybe be With battling. Ryan for Tannehill's like a, their quarterback. Maybe. Is this, is this the comeback of Tannehill? Is this the guy? Well, if they win the division of Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, I feel is like. Is Ryan Tannehill the next Matt Castle? Yo, I would be like, I'm like, this just would just disprove everything about Marcus Mariota, and I I feel sad because I loved him in college, but it would also make me happy because it would make Chip Kelly look like a fucking moron. Um, or a genius. I mean, it's also college, so like Vernon Ad- Vernon Adams was a good quarterback for half a season in college. Uh, so was Johnny Kobe Manziel won a national championship. Yeah, Johnny Manziel like won a Heisman. Well, it's also the Baylor, Baylor theory that every quarterback of the Baylor is great in college, which sucks in the NFL. Like, I'm saying that's the same situation with, like, Oregon quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I, show me a good Oregon quarterback. Oh, uh, Joey Harrington. Uh, no, Achilles Smith. Oh, uh, no. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, that's the AFC South. AFC North, Bron- the Ravens. Run, Lamar, run. Uh, they are loading up on running backs. They said they're going to run the ball ridiculous amounts of the time. I'm waiting for them to break out the wing T offense quotes with Peter Schrager. Um, they got Hollywood Brown for their lone deep threat to see if Lamar can chuck that ball or shuck it on, uh, on screen passes. I don't know. Ravens are going to go like eight and eight and are going to be just fun to watch because Lamar is going to run for like 150 yards a game. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to do anything crazy. I think, him going six and one last year was kind of just like a wow, something new got the team to build up around it. But I don't think they're gonna do anything. Spe- I mean, because I still think it's the Steelers and the Browns division. So yeah, that sounds weird to hear too. The, the Browns it does. Team. It sounds so weird, especially uh, after Baker slamming that beer, dude. I can believe anything he wants to do. 
Yeah, that man. That man is a American treasure. We need to protect him at all costs. All right. Um, next up, the Cincinnati Bungles. Um, next. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. There's literally no reason Trash. to talk about this team. I couldn't name team you to go 0 and 16. Welcome to the Joe Mixon show, man. Take your ticket. Yeah, I can name you Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, and AJ Green is hurt. Eifert may be still on the team. I don't even know. Eifert is. Vontaze Burvick's not on the team anymore, so who who cares? Yeah, I know. The, the soap opera's gone now. All right, next up, Pittsburgh Steelers. No AB, no Le'Veon, still no playoffs. I am not uh, sold on the Steelers. I think James Conner had a good season. I think he's going to be a solid B running back, puts up good numbers every year. He's a good, solid, hard runner. Juju is one of my favorite receivers in the league, top 10 easily. I just, they're going to double cover Juju, and they're going to pack the box on James Conner. Yes, Big Ben is still arguably a top 10 quarterback, but I just leave on James Washington. uh, What? uh, Okay, so... You're going to pick a guy who barely stood out in his senior year at uh, Oklahoma State. Got it. Um, what do you mean he barely stood I watch Big 12 football all I the time. Know. Also, Big 12 football is like passing league. Let's really get – let's get real about this for a second, Mark. Um, okay, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's just a freak of nature. You saw the passes he threw. I'm saying um, is James Washington right. caught balls from Mason Rudolph. Yeah, that's true. Mason Rudolph also the backup for Big Ben, by the way, which I find hilarious. Um, I just – you know what? They just the defense isn't as Pittsburgh defense as it should be for the lack of offensive firepower they have. Um, yes, there's like distractions, so they have a shot at winning the division or at least go or at least getting a wild card. They're one of those fringe teams to me. I just there's not enough to right now tell me they're going to win the division. Now, if there's injuries in the Browns, they they have the chemistry problems. Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Like there's a lot of things that could easily lead them to win the division. They're that team is going to be just kind of hanging around there. Like the Giants are back when Eli wasn't completely garbage, or when like you know, the Redskins made that division that one time. RG three. Yeah, RG three. Basically, it's gonna be like, oh, who's gonna screw up for the Steelers to get in the playoffs? That's the way I look at it. Steelers are gonna be fine. Yep. Okay. Juju's a spoke. Well, I didn't get to talk last time. Well, there wasn't much to talk about about the Bengals. No, the Ravens. I didn't talk. Oh, uh, okay. Juju's a stud. Big Ben's going to do Big Ben things unless he has to pull out the walking boot again. And James Conner was projected to be a first-round pick, early second-round pick, and then got cancer in the 2015 season. Oh, so he I'm dropped. not knocking James Conner at no, all. No, I know. I'm just saying that like, he has the skill, and he can keep it up, and I think the Steelers are going to be fine. I think they're going to make it in the playoffs. They, they'll probably win their wild-card game. And then once you get to that point, you're probably a pretty good team, unless you're like the Titans last year, and they'll do fine. I think real quick, I think they're going to be all right. I mean, they had, they picked up Benny Snow, who's a good running back out of Kentucky. Big Ben's got a year to prove something. Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously. James Conner with a backup, like I said, with Benny Snow. James Washington, so I think he's going to break out a year. They picked up Mark Barron, TJ Watts, a freak, and Dante Moncrief now on the, in the wide receiver crew. So, I don't know. It depends on if, they're, if their secondary can help them out then they'll be all right. I said in an article last year that I wrote that the Steelers, everyone needs to relax. They'll be fine. Their secondary gets another year under the belt. So we'll see. I'm not knocking about it. All right. Last but not least in this division, we have the Cleveland Browns. 
as Colin Coward referred to them today, as the NFL's frat house. And my one of my favorite com- my favorite comedy of all time comedy of all time is Animal House, and I love everything about this team. I love Baker shotgunning beers. I love OBJ being OBJ. Um, I, you know what? Bronze fans are going to get a little annoying this year, but they already this, are. Yeah, they already are, but now they have actually hope, and now they're just going to not shut up. But I love Baker too much to care. This is great. I love this team. I don't think they're going to like make it past the first or second round, but I am telling you right now, the Cleveland Browns are going to win this division this year at 10-6. and six. It is going to be hilariously fun to watch. Like, you're going to see Baker and Odell yelling at each other on the sideline, and the next play they chuck a touchdown. Uh, you're going to have, like, like just crazy antics between OBJ and Jarvis Landry in the end zone. You're going to have that disgusting defense with which with so many weapons on it. I am actually very excited just to watch this team on games. Like, I'm actually going to start circling on Sunday ticket games. Like, when I go to my when I go to the bar I go to, of course, the Eagles will be number one. But then I'm going to try to find, like, the, the Cleveland Browns game next. Like, this is the number two team I want to watch. I am ecstatic for this game. It's musty TV, and I think the Browns are going to win the division at 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. I think they are just, yes, they're that good on paper. And the way Bucky Brooks, I was listening to him today, described Freddie Kitchens, he's a he's his offensive his offensive prowess is actually very good. He's not as yes, he's inexperienced, but he's from what like the word around the league is. Yes, this guy is brand new to the circle, but. He's not an idiot on offense. Now, defense, they I got to worry about, but they've got so many great players in that defense, they actually can pull some good stuff off. Kevin? I think I think the um, the chemistry issues that people are talking about aren't going to be as big a deal. OBJ and Jarvis Landry get along because they went to LSU together. Jarvis Landry likes Baker. I think it's going to be fine. Their backfield's terrifying if Kareem Hunt can keep his head on straight and not assault people. And then with Nick Chubb. Too soon. Didn't say anything that bad. I know. I'm just. It's just. It's just a classic too soon. All right. All right. Fine. Um. And then I think the defense has enough people, like you said, to keep the other team down. And the Browns are just gonna explode on offense and be extremely fun to watch. And I hope we see OBJ pass a touchdown to Baker at some point. Oh, that's for sure gonna happen. Was, uh, but I hope three, it's like a forty-yard pass. Not just like a. Yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, three names to look forward to for the Browns that aren't Baker, OBJ, or I don't even know who else. I, I'm looking forward to Nick Chubb, uh, Miles Garrett, and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is probably going to have his best career season, best season of his career this year. OBJ, if he gets pissed off because Jar- Jarvis has way more open passes, then he can just deal with it himself and go knock out a kicking net. But I think this team is going to be fine. Baker, like, Baker already knows the pressure that he's put on himself, and he's still shotgunning beers the Indians game. So watch out for the Browns, but it's going to be a battle between them and the Steelers. Oh, also, watch out for David Njoku to break out, I think, with all the weapons Supposedly they have. he can't catch. That's the well, worst. I know, but come on, he's going to be open more often than not because they're going to be focused on Landry, OBJ, or stopping the run, I think. He's a freak of nature, too. I can catch an open pass in the NFL. I would die immediately after catching it. But I think he'll be fine. R.I.P. to football future, Kev. 
I mean, Kev's got good hands. I I can actually confirm that. I threw him. I threw him a couple rockets on vacation. He actually caught him. All right, I'm AFC East. Is that it? And that's AFC East. And then we got to get out of here because I'm I'm already delaying uh, Billy Sandoff oh, at this point. Well, we didn't do the AFC East, did we? We're about to do it right now. It's lightning round AFC East. <laughs> Jets. Wild card, possibly? Ryan Khalil, that, the, the way they've just adjusted to the middle of their offensive line, they're building out from the inside. I love Le'Veon Bell. I love Sam Darnold at least enough to win a possible, like, enough games to get the playoffs. Um, oh, already sold that defense with Mosley, Jamal Adams, and Kevin's boy, Quentin Williams. Um... Yeah. I, I like the team. Nine and seven, possibly sneak into the playoffs. There's hope in Jets land. That's a first. Yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell saying that he's going to be the rushing leader is just really dumb. I think he'll be he'll be fine. Curious to see how healthy he is because I mean he's in football shape now, but I mean a whole year off, your body's not used to getting banged up like it is. Uh, Sam Darnold, I think he gets his picks go down a little bit, but he still has a rough second year, which is the reason why they just fall short of the playoffs. I think C.J. Mosley was a great pickup for them. I think their defense is going to be fine. I think Bell will take off enough pressure from Darnold that Darnold can actually show us what he can do when he's not running for his life with Khalil in front of him now. I think their biggest concern going into the season is if Quinn and Williams can stop playing with himself on that Madden. Was, that was enough. so funny. That was, he said, man, that came out wrong. <laughs> yep. I had to make a joke about that in here. You did. I'm very happy you did. I forgot about that. All right. Next up. Miami Dolphins. Ouch. We can next them, too. I mean, they're yeah, debating between Fitzpatrick and Rosen. So. Yeah, all right. And the Buffalo Bills, the dinosaurs run north. Uh, you have literally probably the oldest backfield I've ever seen. When TJ Yeldon, who's been the year for how many years, league for how many years, Kevin? Five, six? Oh, something like that. It's been, I feel like I'm going to look this up, and it's going to be three. It's not. It's, it's, it's I know it's probably. not. It's gonna be way shorter he's he's a seasoned back but like four four okay yeah. so i was close um but yeah Lashawn mccoy frank Gore have been in the league for a combined like 21 years or more i love it they we're actually there when the AFL 25 and merged 25 wow and then you have mark's favorite quarterback josh allen mm. who it's just so much fun to watch, but that team is just not. They're going to be like seven and nine. They're going to be entertaining. They're just going to be Buffalo. Yeah, I think this. It just sucks for this division because one, they have to deal with the Patriots twice a year. Two, the AFC is just loaded with possible wild card teams. So there's like the it's it's not the NFC, NFC where there's like so many teams that could win a division and they're going to have like a trickle down wild card teams. It's there are the four teams that are going to win the division, possibly one that won't. And then three teams that might sneak in the wild card. Well, like the, the, like I said, there's like top heavy teams. Like you're gonna have the Chargers are gonna have a solid record in the wild card. Possibly you're gonna have um, Texans, Colts, or Titans or Jags who could have a high record. Like it's gonna be tough to sneak in with a nine and seven or ten and six record in the wild card. Exactly. Uh, it's just it's a crazy like the way this it is a crazy like division. Unfortunately that. Then the Patriots are going to win every damn year. The conference is insane. The division's pretty humdrum. And finally, Kevin, I almost want to ban you from this, but uh, the New England Patriots. I'm not going to be that annoying. That. Division win, once again, Super Bowl, maybe. 
Can I Kevin. go first? Kevin, just go. I don't, I, it, it, yeah. I don't want to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their receiving core is a little lackluster. I think that's an area of concern. Nikhil can do well. I think they're going to be fine. People are slightly making a bigger deal than necessary out of their tight end situation because the Patriots change systems every few years. They can go back to doing a run-heavy or receiver-heavy thing. And I know it's lackluster, but they still have some players that Demarius Thomas can be healthy. I think it's going to be business as usual, and we'll see you in February. They're going to lose the first game of the season, and everyone's going to be like, oh, God, Tom Brady's done. This team's going to fall off, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be just like the typical season, and they're going to – I don't think they should make the Super Bowl this year, but especially because, like, last year they were one off sides away. Um, but him, Tom Brady getting a two-year extension for $23 million is laugh out loud, 42-year-old quarterback funny. But um, – yeah, I mean, they're probably going to win the division. And it's, we, I mean, as much as I don't want them to, it's Tom Brady, and I'm going to keep appreciating him while we can because the NFL is going to be completely different when he's gone. All right. Also, Kevin. imagine when he retires. You think I say some sad stuff now. Just wait till I don't have Tom Brady in my life. <laughs> it's going to be worse than like, yeah. left him. Uh... <laughs> I don't know the joke, so I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> Kevin, we're shitting sports. You got a minute. Go. Uh, Tom Herman said that Texas is the college football mecca, and that is absolutely absurd. The only way it is the college football mecca is if we're talking about MSG, because both teams are about as irrelevant right now after being like a, the face of their sport for a good number of years. I was going to say it's like the most obs- – it's like the mecca if you're talking about like a program that just disappoints every year. Like Texas. Like the Knicks. Exactly. They are the New York Knicks of college football. Can't they even take right. Bit, they had a little bit of relevancy when they got a new – like, you know, when the Knicks got Mello and Marty Stoudemire. And then, you know, they're about to fall off again. Texas is – they got that one lucky national title like like uh, the Knicks did when they won their title with they, Bernard. They got Vince Smith. Young is who they got. Yeah, they got Vince Young, they got Selvin Young. It was like a loaded roster. It was a it was a good roster. It wasn't like all time college football, which I never got that listing at all. But um, yeah, that I completely agree. This was a joke. It's just Tom Herman trying to be relevant. But is Texas back? No. I mean, as much as that, it, the Texas isn't back in the sense. I mean, they're they're definitely more relevant than they were obviously the past couple of years. But they, there's a good chance they win the Big Twelve this year, like legitimately. But also, that's a ridiculous thing to say. No, completely. Very weird. And Tom Herman is just becoming a human quote machine. So it's great for it's great for our business, though. It's also yeah. great for memes. Thank you, Tom Herman. Appreciate your uh, business. Contribution contribution to the memes. Yeah. All right, boys. Quick last call. Um, we talked a little bit about Zeke today. Um, and we talked, but like, can we just talk about the meme that is the Dallas Cowboys? I had to listen today to a writer from the Cowboys who covered, who's covered them since the late nineties spew the biggest load of bull at Colin Coward today. And I love a coward took it like a champ, but he was talking about how the Cowboys are going to resign everybody and they're going to, you know, they're going to keep their Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith are going to demand money next year. And they're going to let Byron Jones walk. Is my boy out of you, Michael Jackson's like the next great shutdown corner, which he might be. But and the top, oh, they're gonna be able to pay Zeke. They're gonna be able to pay, um, you know, they're gonna be able to pay 
Dak. They're going to be able to pay Cooper. And I just, you know what? I just, I'm excited this year to see how this is going to get screwed up. Like, we always talk every year how the Cowboys always find some way to cowboy themselves out of Super Bowl. I think this whole contract trifecta is going to be great. So that's about all I got today. I think, like I said last week, I still think it's Philadelphia. I love what the team's doing with Wentz is healthy. That team is dangerous. And uh, I love the Jonathan Cyprian signing to go. I think he fits perfectly with uh, that whole rotation of safeties they have back there in Philly. But that's about all we got. Uh, me and Kevin will be back on Thursday. Uh, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. We'll see what sports allows us to talk. And next week for episode 51, we do our NFL preview. And then episode 52, we do our full-on college football preview, top 25 rankings, highs and predictions, everything you talk about. We're excited. Thank you for sticking with us for 15 episodes, folks. We will see you all later in the week. Don't let your memes be in front of your dreams. <laughs> oh, my God. Mark, you're fired. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at BellyUpJared and at Mark Riley.